Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Over the last uh, three or, yeah, no, this is the third week. Uh, third week of February. I know what I'm doing, don't worry. Um, so uh, let's give you a bit of an update. So week one, uh, you heard a couple of people share this uh, in the stories right up front, but uh, we've been talking about uh, a word for the year. And so the first week we shared what we believe is our word as a church, uh, corporate family together. And you might ask, you know, maybe you're here for the first time, and we want to welcome you, especially if you're here for the first time as a guest. Come on, yeah, let's give all our guests a huge cheer. It's so great to have you. You might be going, what's, what's, what's like a word? Well, you know, like I know what a word is, but this seems to be something special uh, in church. And really, it's just a, it's a theme and a focus for the year. We've been encouraging, as you've heard last uh, few people talk about, to do that personally. Um, but also we've been on that journey together as a church. And so Rachel and I really feel uh, that God led us to this phrase, uh, which is simply this wide open spaces, wide open spaces. We believe that that's our theme, that's our focus, that's what God wants to do uh, in our hearts this year, in our church together. Um, and for me, wide open spaces really speaks of possibility. It speaks of future. It speaks of moving out of restriction, breaking through ceilings, letting those things of the past go and stepping forward into a brand new future that God has for each and every one of us. Uh, stepping past fear, which so often blocks uh, our hopes and our dreams. And it comes from a verse which is found in Romans uh, chapter 2. This is the message translation. Uh, I'll read it for you. It says this, and that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that He has already thrown open His door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. So that was week one. Last week, we looked at a uh, character from the Old Testament, a guy by the name of Gideon, and we found that he had to fight for the wide open space, not only for his life personally, but then for the greater community, for his nation of Israel that he, were, that he was a part of. And, and we learned that for each of us, there is going to be an enemy that's against us, but ultimately, we can trust God by listening to His voice, listening to His sound that He, want to make, that he wants to make sorry, over our lives and then making a sound ourselves. Not just sitting passively on the side expecting God just to do everything, but then also not all the way on the other side of the pendulum and thinking we've got to do it all in our own human strength, but a trusting God that as we hear a sound from Him, we can make a sound and that brings breakthrough, it brings anointing, it brings uh, us out into some wide open spaces. And, you know, we do that. We don't, we don't fight against people. The Bible says in Ephesians that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and basically spiritual forces. And so we're never against people, 
but we're against what the enemy wants to do because we are for God. We are for His truth. We are for His grace. And we are for His Word. But today, uh, being two years since we officially launched, um, it's time to stop and reflect. It's time to think upon all that God has done, but also look forward to the future. But don't worry, this isn't going to be like one of those, um, you know, annoying sitcoms when at the hundredth episode they get there and the writers are all a little bit lazy. And so they're like, we're going to do flashbacks to previous ones. And if you're like me, you're like, oh man, this is so annoying. And if you're like me, you might have binge watched it for the last bit. So you're like, I remember that episode. It was like five hours ago. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, that, it wasn't that long ago. So it's not going to be like that. Uh, it's going to be more like um, a Slim Dusty song. Just wait, just wait for it. Looking forward, looking back. I've come a long way down the track, but a long way left to go. Uh, I don't know if Slim is your thing. Not Slim Shady, Slim Dusty. Slightly different, but I don't know if that's your thing, but maybe it is. He's a great Aussie. All right, these moments, they're significant as we take stock and as we pause. And so... The scripture, like I said, that we've been threading all the way through this service is from Psalm 100, and so I'd love to just read it to you again. Um, we have great communication skills as a couple. Can you see how much we talk about? Like, oh, you're doing that. Oh, I'm doing that as well. Let's just do it together again. Okay, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of his pasture, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Come on, what a powerful, what a powerful promise. I, I love the message version of this verse four. It simply says this, enter with the password, thank you. Enter with the password, thank you. For a while, it was the password on a few of my things, but now you got to do like the uppercase, the number, the lowercase, and it's also, also complicated. But I, I've spoken about this before, and, and really for me personally, it's one of my uh, personal life verses that I would live each day with an attitude of thankfulness. Now, full disclosure, this is definitely a goal for me, not necessarily, not necessarily a reality each and every day, but looking to become more like Christ. I want to look to become more thankful each and every day for where I find myself. And there's something pretty powerful and significant that's found in thankfulness. You know, as for the parents here, we, we try and teach our kids like please and thank you because we value thankfulness. You know, I just cooked for you. I just cleaned everything. I pretty much just did everything for you. What I'm looking for is just two words. Thank you. That's all. That's all. But you know what? It's found all throughout the Bible. I'll, I'll give you a through. A few hits here, um, particularly in the Psalms. Psalm 50 says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Psalm 30 says, I'll give thanks to you forever. Psalm 136 says, I'll give thanks to the Lord for He is good. That, that actually goes all the way through Psalm 136. It's, it's this, re, this repetition that, that comes there. Psalm 119 at midnight, this is for all the night hours, I will rise to give thanks to you. Psalm 97, rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. Psalm 92, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. Now, now we could go on forever just reading scriptures about thankfulness, but I'd love to invite you today. Let's make today all about thanksgiving. 
for what God has done in and through our church, for what He's done in and through your life, your family, your circumstances, your situations. Trust me, I know that when we have this, uh, when we have this thankful approach to God, something moves and changes in our hearts. I, I may have shared this a while ago, but uh, a few years ago, I found myself in a place where uh, I was serving actually on, on staff at a, at a church full time and had just been uh, become really just frustrated and, and negative with people. And that was just the other staff. That wasn't even like the church, the church members, but just sort of like found myself in this place of like, God, this is like, why did this happen? This person's ticking me off. And what's, what's going on? I remember clearly uh, being actually on a staff retreat and God speaking to me that clear, still small voice of the Holy Spirit that just prompted me uh, in a loving way, luckily this time, it's not always like that, but he, he, just, he just said to me, he said, remember you get to do this. And it was just, you know, you can say those words and they can just like skim off your head, but it was something about that, that just stuck in my spirit, it just stuck in my soul. And um, I was actually in the pool at the time, you know, that hard pastor life on a staff retreat in a pool. But anyway, I got out and went down off by myself and um, got my phone, New Version Bible app, and quickly searched through and started to highlight, particularly through Psalms, every verse that talked about a thankful heart. And I repented before God and said, God, I, I've taken you, I've taken people, I've taken whatever for granted, but I want to stop and be thankful for everything I have, for where you've placed me, no matter what. I feel the circumstances are like. And so however you're feeling right now, on top of the world, or like you're dragging yourself through a deep, dark valley, I wanna tell you there's power and there's hope as we approach God with the password, thank you. And so today I wanna to give you three things. I know it should be two, because it works with our theme about two and turning two years old, but I had to do three. But I wanna give you three things that thankfulness or saying thank you does for our lives. And so the first thing is this, is thank you helps you to reframe the past. Thank you helps you to reframe the past. I'm sure we can all identify situations in our lives that seemed in the moment to be dragging us away from our hopes and future, but in the end, they actually positioned us exactly where God wanted us in the right spot at the right time. Now, also I know that hardship doesn't always work like that. I know that every cloud does not have a silver lining, a silver lining, sorry. Some things are just bad, horrific, devastating, and should never happen. So this is not just some sort of, you know, positive way you think, positive think your way out of, you know, whatever's gone on in your life. But there is something powerful about placing a new frame of thankfulness around an old image that maybe has previously haunted us or previously chained us back to the past. You see, thankfulness can shift your perspective from, wow, I can't believe that God would allow that situation in my life to thank God that He brought me out of that situation, took me from where I was, lifted me up, the Bible says, out of the miry clay that He set my feet upon a rock. There's something about thankfulness that can reframe the past. It's thank you, 
God, that You brought me out of those things, that thank You that as I look back, I can see that Your hand was on me, that You were guiding me, that You were protecting me through all those different storms. Reframing with thankfulness, it flicks the switch, it turns the tables on challenges and it looks at them through the lens of what was developed in my life through the hard times, through the wrestle, through the struggle. There's something about thankfulness that changes our view of the past. Thankfulness says, God, you use those things to build me. You use them to grow me, to add strength and stature to my life, to connect me with you in a greater way, to connect me with people, with meaningful relationships. Looking back at the past and looking at it with thankfulness helps us to reframe like I said, some of those old images. It also helps us to um, remind us that there's a whole history that we stand on. It helps to remind us to think less about ourselves and really that we're only where we are and standing in the place where we find ourselves because previous generations has gone before us. I'm thankful to Glenn and Isabel Jenkins who planted this church over 25 years ago in Mandra when there was no church in our denomination in this place. I'm thankful that they, uh, he, he's told me when we met a couple of times that he would go up to the water tower thing up in Hall's Head there at night and look out over the city. Well, probably back then it was more like a you know, fishing town, but look out over Mandra and start to pray and lift the place before God. I'm thankful for those people that have gone before, I'm thankful for Russell and Kathy Jerems, who were the pastors in this place when this property was bought, when this building was built over, over 20 years ago. Without them going before us, we wouldn't be able to stand where we are today, especially because it's very hard to get a church in a residential area uh, you know, in 2021. So I'm thankful it reframed some of the past Reminds us that it's not all about us, that there are, people, there are people that have gone before us that have paid away, that have made a sacrifice and we get the privilege of standing on their shoulders and what we want is the privilege of other people, the next generation to stand upon our shoulders and take us forward into the future. I'm so thankful to God for the last two years, for the lives that have been transformed, for the growth and growth, growth sometimes, and development in people. <laughs> I'm thankful to those that were already here and embraced us, Rachel, myself, our, our family, invaced, uh, I'm on fire today, embraced uh, Jackie and Chris, embraced Josh and Kristen, these East Coast people moving over. I'm thankful for all those that have joined us over the last two years, that you would be part of the vision, part of the plan for those that have stepped up to lead and serve and be a part of making uh, a great impact in this city. See, thankfulness helps you to reframe your past. Second thing it does is thank you embraces the now. You see, too often we're either looking back maybe with regret or back to the good old days or wishing we were ahead in some next season that we missed the right here, right now, what we're standing in. I'm not sure if you remember the Adam Sandler movie called Click where he's given a remote uh, for life, you know, the goal's right there, just to, you know, like mute some people or pause some things or like fast forward or, re or rewind. But uh, if you know the movie, I know every time I talk about a movie, people are like, oh, I'll go home and watch that this afternoon. So maybe, maybe you can do that. You can do that. I, I'm pretty sure it's good. You're always a little bit scared because you know when you recommend a movie and then you're like, now, were there those scenes in that movie? Or I can't, I can't, I can't remember. So I apologise up front. But... 
Uh, there was something about that that he, the, the moral of the movie is that he misses all of life, really, because life is not just found in the highlights. It's not just found on the mountaintop, it's in the mundane, it's in the day-to-day, week-to-week, everything that goes on. And so, but a thankful heart embraces now the current season and it fosters hope. You know, too often we always think of hope about, being about, sorry, the future, but hope is actually about now. Hope that is off in the distance somewhere is not actually hope at all. You see, hope appears in the now. It changes how we see the future. It changes how we live now. Uh, Author and great Christian thinker Eugene Peterson says this, he says, hope is not spinning an illusion or fantasy to protect us from our own boredom or pain. It means a confident, alert expectation that God will do what he said he will do. Uh, I love this part. It is imagination put in the harness of faith. How good is that? Hope is imagination, so it's right now, put in the harness of faith. So often, we let our imagination go to the negative. We let the, our imagination go to what will go wrong or, you know, that person said that, so we interpret it for the, through this filter of rejection or this filter of negativity. But what, uh, what hope does is it looks at those things, it takes our imagination and it harnesses it in faith and says, I believe God that my best days ahead, that I believe that He's doing something inside of my life, inside of my heart. And so I'm gonna take my imagination and I'm gonna put faith around it as a harness and believe that God's gonna show me a great picture of the future that He has for our lives. You see, a thankful heart doesn't seek to be where it's not. It rests in the current season, whatever that may be like. It gives the current season's worries and trials over to God. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about everything, anything, sorry, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then it talks about this peace that comes, that surpasses all understanding or guide your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The scripture continues there. When we are thankful for the season that we're in, when we embrace the now, it helps us to ask the question, how can I draw closer to God now? What is God doing in my life to draw me nearer to Him? You know, as a church, we wanna be so thankful for the now season we're in. We, we've experienced, we've talked about it a little bit, but we've experienced incredible growth. Um, if you were here about a year ago, uh, when we were talking our uh, vision and the series, and it was called Influences. We did this thing because there's this whole like church science thing about, not Christian science, it's different, church science thing about how you set out chairs to make the, you know, the feel the best like for the service and that sort of thing. But, uh, but last year, what we did is we got every single red chair. I don't know if you remember if you were here. And we put it out. And during the service, I said, okay, I want you to turn around and see the empty seats. I want you to feel the space. I want you to look around. There's people in this city that need to know Christ. There's those that are disconnected from church that need to be in here. And so our, our goal is we want to see every seat filled, not for our own you know, glorification, but because we want to see lives transformed. We want to hear more stories like we heard at the start of the service. And so I can tell you that besides, I think, two in the office, this is every single red chair uh, that we have a year later and there's not much space. It's vastly different to where we were. But what that means is, that means for, for us as a church, and I've mentioned this to a few groups of people already, but I, I believe embracing the now for us 
as a church is, um, it's embracing a season as a church is what I like to call like an awkward teenager. And now I apologize to all the teenagers here. You're not all awkward, I promise. But you know that, you know, like when you've, like your body's grown and changed a bit and it's all happening and you're like still trying to get used to how big your feet are or there's like, you know, this strange sort of like pimple thing appeared on my face. And where did, you know, where did that sort of, sort of come from? You know, this picture of this growing body, but still sort of catching up in some parts. You know, it's a bit Britney, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. I never thought I would quote that from stage, but it's sort of, you know what I mean? It's a little bit, it's a little bit like that. And that's where this, that's where I feel a little bit where we are as a church. And you're like, what do you mean by that? What I mean is there's some structures, there's some leadership, there's some life groups that we're putting in place, which is playing a little bit of catch up for the growth in where we are right now. And, and, and I want to tell and be honest with you, it won't always be smooth. There'll be a couple of pimples pop up. We'll trip over our feet a few times. A couple of awkward things will happen. But even though it may not always be smooth sailing and we may not always make the right decisions, we're gonna trust God to lead us, to remain open and humble for what God has in store for us. But whatever it looks like, thank you embraces now with all its quirks, the highs and lows, the opportunities and mistakes but it embraces now because there's something powerful about not wanting to be somewhere else, not wanting to be back in the good old days, but understanding that God has placed me here right now on purpose in my situation because He wants to do something in and through my life. And number three, really quickly, is this, is that thank you helps you to enter your future. Thank you helps you to enter your future. We read before Psalm 100, in the message, enter with the password, thank you. Thank you opens doors of possibilities, ignites dreams and visions in our hearts. Thank you propels you into wide open spaces, into wide open spaces. There's something powerful about a thank you that propels us into the future that God has for us. You know, the Psalm we've been reading, Psalm 100, starts with the line, shout for joy, all the earth. You know, that's significant because that psalm was originally written to God's people at the time, which was Israel, and they thought it was just about them. But God snuck this into this psalm because He wanted to change their mindset. He wanted to let them know that it's not just about them that shout for joy, all the earth. That's all people. It was a call to all peoples to come, to worship, to praise, and to thank Almighty God. And for us this morning, I wanna encourage this. It's not a psalm for just our church or a psalm for just people who already know or have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, but it's a call to everyone, everywhere, to come and worship, and know and have a relationship with God. That's why it says enter. It's like, come, enter. Oh, the, the gates are open. The courts are open. Enter with this password of thank you. And, and I wanna tell you that that's our future as a church. That our thankfulness and our praise is not just for us, but it's for this city. It's for this region 
of Peel, it's for the state of Western Australia and, and, and far beyond. See, our future as a church, that there would be wide open space. You know, I spoke about the seats and the spacing here. We're starting to get some plans together about what it would look like to actually knock down that big wall there and go sideways so that we can have more auditorium space because we need more space, we need more room. Why? Not, not so we can, you know, sit in the, you know, gold class seating and get big lounges and, you know, have enough space everywhere and the drinks served to us, and, although that would be awesome. But not, that's, I feel like if I took an offering up for that, you'll all be like, yeah, let's do it. No, no. Joking, joking, joking. But it's not for that. It's because this psalm of thankfulness is a call to all nations. It's a call to all people. It's a call to the city of Mandra. It's a call to the region of Peel and beyond that there's a God who loves you, who's worthy of our praise, who wants to enter into relationship with you, enter His courts with praise, enter His gates with thanksgiving. And we want to make room for that because a thank you, a thank you propels us into the future that God has for us. And you know, there's so many in this city that need that. To find hope, not in a tomorrow, but hope right here, today and then now. They need a relationship with God that will fill, where He will fill them with His Spirit to reframe the past. To see God at work when they didn't even realise. And to take hold of a future that's filled with God dreams and God visions. So this morning, what we're, what we're going to do before we, before we finish up and Rach comes and joins me. We're gonna, we're gonna take a couple of moments in prayer.